Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast. In your week in IndyCar guest episode, this time it is our man, Taylor Kyle. Used to refer to him as general manager of Aero Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports. Now he's gone from GM to MD. That's right, he's a doctor. Taylor Kyle, managing director of Aero McLaren SP. Really enjoy Taylor. He is someone who has made a life in motor racing has spent so many years at Sam Schmidt's team and gone all the way up, come from the proverbial bottom, made his way all the way to the top, and just a really good guy in and among his various skills on the professional side. Just a really excellent person. And I know that that doesn't necessarily get you to victory lane. That's not the thing that can make or break a team, but it sure is nice when you have someone who's very good at what they do Plus, also, just someone that you enjoy. He's sarcastic, just as I am, so we had to watch ourselves a little bit here. Interesting, interesting topics, all driven by your questions, as usual. Range from who owns what, who runs what, who's in charge, who isn't in charge. James Hinchcliffe comes up. Very interesting comments from Taylor right there. Not negative, but anyway, but just interesting. Very interesting. Also get into family history a little bit early on. Uh, For some of you who might not know, his stepfather is someone who happens to hold the same title at a team called Chip Ganassi Racing, who's a very frequent visitor to the podcast, that being Mike Hull. So all kinds of fun here with Taylor. Silliness as well. That's part of what we do in the show You guys, look, you are the subject. You are the ones that create this show with your questions. Some of these things are hard-hitting. A lot of them are just fun and silly. We get into a certain acronym that has become very popular, uh, actually coined on the show here, courtesy of our listener, Jim Johnstone. Uh, We get into that, too, uh, in a couple different ways, and at a couple of laughs here, so especially to close. Nonetheless, great time with Taylor. Going to keep this one somewhat short in the intro and get rolling here in just a moment. Y'all have also sent in just about the largest volume of questions to date for the listener Q&A show. So I need to get that going here somewhat soon. And in the tradition that I've started very recently, I have a nice, fine, stout beer waiting that I will crack open. Going to try and get that show done as quickly as I can. But if it gets a little slow and the words are a little slurred, well, you know why. Uh, Pruitt's hitting the sauce again, Grin. It's just one beer, but there you go. Of the other things I should mention quickly, on top of thanking the Justice Brothers for being just a pivotal, pivotal partnership here, and Cooper Tires and their unwavering support, Bell Racing Helmets USA, and also TorontoMotorsports.com, all that they do for us, for me, with branding, with T-shirts, with stickers. Also big friends and helping to sell the Wilson Children's Fund charity prints. Every single dollar from those goes to Justin's daughters, Jane and Jess. have a few of them left, so if you're interested, they range in price between $100 and $150 a piece. Signed by the guests from all my shows last year. Visit torontomotorsports.com and please take one home and do something good. Going to close here before we move on with Taylor and mention that 
since next week is a short one, Christmas is here. We have, I guess, what might be, I'm not sure, it might be our final week in IndyCar show of the year. We're going to record that on Monday with the champ champ, that being reigning, defending, now two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion, Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske. So since we're going to do that on Monday, earlier than ever, going to send out a call for questions on social media, probably tomorrow, Thursday. So don't be surprised if you see that call yet again, quickly, two calls in the same week. That's just trying to get us ready and prepared for a Monday recording, then post that quickly, and then truly try and take as much of the rest of the week off as I can. Got a bunch of podcasts I'm working on late at night, trying to get into the can so I can set those up to auto post over the holidays here, not have to come into the office. So going to look after you all, try and help you pass the time, feed you a little bit of new stuff. Thanks, Rock. Coming to feed you in a minute, pal. All right. My cat's telling me I got to shut up and let Taylor and our conversation go. Aaron McLaren SP, big things coming next year. Really appreciate his time and hope that for those of you who don't really know him, Maybe read the name, but haven't heard from him much. We're going to have him on more and more. Good guy, trying to do good things. And with that said, let's get rolling. Week in IndyCar guest episode brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com. I always jumble up the order here. And Bell Racing Helmets, USA. Is this the frontier doctor known as Taylor Kyle, M.D.? I believe that that famous country music television star. (laughs) Yes, it is. Absolutely. Here in the flesh. Better known as Taylor Kyle, managing director of, well, we're going to start the show using the correct name. I can't say we're going to use it the whole time. Arrow McLaren SP, not your first time on the podcast, but your first, I believe, lengthy appearance here on the week in IndyCar let me start with just the most basic. How are you doing and how are things in Indianapolis? Is it snowing crazy or what's it like? Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, we just got two solid days of snow. I'm looking out of my office window right now and we've probably got six, eight inches sitting on the ground still. So um, it's weather wise not been awesome. Um, the roads are finally cleared up and the sun's out now. So that's good. Um, making everybody feel uh, a little bit less gloomy. You know, how the weather gets in. And Indy this time of year, it's uh, sometimes you go for weeks without seeing the sun. So today's been a good day. Um, we're in a really good place here right now. You know, we're we're plugging along with with all of the the uh, usual and unusual things of the off season. Um, so so for us, things are good. We're 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 rolling along um, and getting getting ready for 2020. I'm not going to be that guy that tells you it's mildly cloudy here in Northern California and. <laughs> I did note that it was a little bit breezy yesterday uh, when I was outside in shorts and a t-shirt. So well, I'm not I'll, that I'll tell guy. you what. I'll tell you what. That's okay because I get a I get a phone call from from my boss, Mister uh, Sam Schmidt, at least well once a day, you know. But at least once a week, he reminds me that it's 85 and sunny just about every day where he lives in Las Vegas. So, um, you know, when I give him an update on, on what's going on here and I'll usually chime in with how the weather is and when we're moving to Vegas and, you know, those types of things and he laughs and tells me how great it is there. So that's all part of it. I love it. Well, as usual, our listeners have not disappointed. We have many great questions. 
Some fall into the category of serious. Some nowhere near the category of serious. And frankly, it's one of the many reasons I love the weekly call for questions. So why don't we kick off here on a somewhat backgrounder-ish topic from our pal Jordan Darwin. He says, Taylor, you have a long history with the Schmidt team. What attracted you to Sam's operation and what has kept you there? Well, this one's a pretty easy one for me. Um, what attracted me was uh, the fact that he offered me a job <laughs> um, out of out of college. You know, it, it was I grew up in a racing family. You know, it's it's all I really wanted to do. Um, college for me was a bit of a formality. Let's let's get through it and let's figure out what team I'm going to go work for. Um, so at the time, um, Sam was in a bit of expansion with his Indy Lights program. I got a lot of good advice from from both my family and others that, you know, jumping right into IndyCar or, or the upper echelons of the sport, um, you know, usually sets somebody up to to get chewed up and spit out. So, you know, everybody kind of steered me towards Indy Lights or, or smaller formula. Um, Sam was expanding and there was a spot for me. You know, the, the guy that ran the, the team at the time, Chris Griffiths, um, I went into his office. He asked me a little bit about myself. Um, and then he asked me a very important question. Do you have any tools? Hmm. I responded, no. I responded, no, I said, I, I haven't really worked on anything uh, with my hands in a long time, but I'll do whatever it takes. And you tell me what to do. I'll do it. You teach me what to do. I'll learn it. Um, and that's kind of where we started. He took a huge chance on me. I think about it now. Like if a kid came into my office and said, Hey, never worked on anything. Don't have a toolbox, but I want to come be a mechanic for you. I, I would, I would, uh, probably not take the chance on that person that he took on me. So I'm certainly forever grateful to him. Um, but that's what got me in the door here. And, and the rest is kind of history. You know, it's, 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 it's a story I tell to a lot of people that if you just, you know, you keep your mouth shut and you work hard and you learn, you know, sky's the limit, you know, and, and keep, keep progressing every day. Um, that's part of what keeps me here, you know, is that we've been able to surround ourselves with a lot of people, with that mindset of, of hard work, dedication, sacrifice, commitment, you know, those, those are kind of the, the pillars of, of, um, of what, what we stand for. Um, certainly when we're looking for somebody to come work for us and be a part of our team. Um, so we've got a lot of really great people that keeps me motivated. It keeps me excited. Um, and then I work for the best owners in the business. You know, they give us everything that we need, um, to do our jobs on a day-to-day basis. I, I, I said this to Sam the other day, you know, when we, when we go out and we bring somebody in or make a big investment in the team, you know, I, I find it, I like to remind him of that. You know, I appreciate you. I appreciate the, uh, you know, the, the commitment that you continue to make for this team to, to give us everything that we need to, to succeed. So that's, that keeps me again, motivated, excited. It keeps me, wanting to to be better every day so it's it's just a constant journey here um you know that's that's the gist of it man it's it's it gave me my shot and it continues um to provide for me both you know um mentally physically spiritually all of those good things it's just i'm I'm happy to be here so that's that's the biggest part about it tell folks about your family racing history so often we find taylor that it's actually a rarity where a person gets involved in motor racing on a professional level and has no family affiliation, no background growing up here, there. 
uh, even on an amateur level. What was uh, your household like? Yeah, so it was, you know, I grew up in it. My mom, um, she worked for Bell Helmets at the time, um, from the time that I was born up until probably 10 or 11 years old. And then she stepped back and, and focused totally on making sure that I didn't get totally out of hand. Um, you know, so that was a full-time job for her on the backside of her career at Bell. And then, uh, you know, my stepdad, her, my mom and him were married, um, in 1992, I believe. So that would have made me six years old. Um, they were married and he was, he was a lifelong racer. Um, he still works in racing. Um, you know, so living in the same house as somebody that had done everything from drove a car to a mechanic, to a crew chief, to team manager. And, and, you know, he holds the title of, of managing director at, at uh, Chip Ganassi Racing now, so we're, you know, we're effectively doing doing the same job um, nowadays. But but you know, growing up in that household was an education in itself for me. You know, it it showed me what hard work does, what what uh, commitment to your craft does, what passion does. You know, all of those things that I saw an example every day. Um you know, laid the foundation for me to, to kind of do what I've done in my, in my career. So, um, it was, it was a heck of an opportunity for me. Um, and it provided a lifestyle, you know, being around racetracks and, and understanding what that lifestyle is like for people that aren't, you know, familiar with racing. It's totally different. And you try to explain to people what, what being a racer is all about, but it's, it's, it's a lifestyle. Um, and it's, and it's hard to, to, uh, to put that into words, but, um, it, it, it certainly, it certainly was, was a blast growing up around that and, and meeting the people that I met growing up with the people that I grew up with and, um, you know, creating a lifestyle out of it, um, on the backside as an adult and, and a career. Um, that's all I've ever wanted to do. It's all I've, I'll continue to want to do. Um, but, but that, that childhood, um, in that development phase of mine was, is totally, um, and it's invaluable, you know, and it, and it set the foundation for, for everything that I've been able to accomplish in my career. So, um, certainly thankful for that. You never stood a chance that that's, that's the, the, the real <laughs> I was answer never, here. I was, yeah, I was never getting out. The normal sure. life, never an option. Let's it's, go, it's something, uh, you know, somebody told me when I was younger, they said, Hey man, if you're going to get into racing, just understand it's, it's, it's like the mafia, you know, you got to know somebody to get in. Once you're in, you're in for life and you can try out. to get, you can, you can try to get out all you want, but it ain't happening. So that's uh while dramatic, it's totally right. There we go. Let's go to our pal, Nathan DeRover on the, the news of the week so far. He says, how did you convince Craig Hampson to come down to Indy? He says, I know living and working in uh, Chicagoland was a big benefit for him in working with the Dale Coin operation. So share what you can, uh, Tyler, about, honestly, one of the biggest off-season acquisitions, period. I'm not limited. I'm not classifying driver or any category, just period. One of the biggest moves uh, of all. How'd you guys pull this off? Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm a heck of a salesman, Marshall, you know, that's just what it boils down to No, No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, what, what I, what I tried to explain to Craig is, is very simple. And that, 
we're, we're an aggressive, young, exciting, um, sexy, just, oh yeah, definitely. But very focused on, on what our goals are operation. And that is we recognize that we're not in the top three, you know, we're not Penske, we're not Ganassi and we're not Andretti, but that's where we want to be. We want to race with those guys every single weekend and we are going to do absolutely everything that it takes to get there. And that was my sales pitch to Craig. You know, I don't know what convinced him to come to Indy from Chicago. I think that, you know, his kids are getting older. Um, and it, I think that he made the decision in his own mind that, um, you know, he wanted to invest everything that he could into this opportunity. And, and that meant being in the shop every day, um, being face to face with, with his new teammates, um, and, and really just getting in the weeds with us here and, and, and working hard to figure out what it's going to take to close that gap, you know? So I think for, for Craig, it's, it hopefully is an invigorating, exciting opportunity because we are, um, you know, we are as aggressive as you can be, uh, in trying to close that gap. And I'm confident we'll get there. And I'm happy that, that he's on board to, uh, to help our team get there, you know, and that's, that's the bottom line uh, for him. You know, I can't speak for him um, into what went through his head to, to choose us, but I'm happy he did, you know, and it's, it's all about the people in the sport. You know, that um, Craig's a good person first and foremost, and he's a heck of an engineer. Um, we've got great people and we've got really good engineers on our staff already. It's not about, um, you know, bringing in people to, to, uh, you know, because we didn't have the staff, we're not trying to uh, replace anybody. This is additive. This is just compiling the best group of people that we absolutely can to help us achieve our goals. So Craig's a big part of that, as well as everybody else that's already within our four walls here. Um, and we're excited to get going, man. It's, it's going to be a heck of a ride. And if you look at the big three teams that you mentioned, they've all followed that same process. If you just take for granted that they've hired immensely talented drivers, the thing that the the big three, the most successful teams do is over-provision on the engineering side. And frankly, that's what COIN did for the last couple of years with Cannon and Craig and Olivier Boisson. I mean, for a, quote, smallish team, there's ridiculous talent on their timing stands, and it often showed. So this formula, which isn't new, is still one that we know that you are wanting to be additive in this area of engineering because it does pay off so heavily in a sport where the rules are not completely spec, but pretty heavily spec. And at that point, it does come down to big brains on the timing stand and the talent behind the uh, steering wheel. But if you short yourself in one of those areas, you're not going to be part of the big three. Let's go to uh, Jack Homan. And I moved this up top here intentionally. I figured there might be some others who wonder about this. Jack says, what, if any role, will Sam Schmidt and Rick Peterson play? Or are they to be silent partners? And I think, Taylor, this speaks to maybe a belief that with the partnership involving McLaren Racing, that McLaren may have purchased the team, may have, who knows? Uh, I, I don't want to pontificate on what some folks might assume but i figure this might be a great opportunity up front 
in this episode for you to maybe spell out what is this role, who does what as much as you can, and when you are going to be running the Formula One team. <laughs> well, I don't see that in the cards, um, you know, certainly any time in the future. But, uh, you know, the, the general consensus, is, and, and there was a lot, you know, publicized about this early on that, it wasn't totally accurate, but it, it's, it's very simple and it's easy. And we've all had these conversations internally, certainly, but um, McLaren is a partner of ours, you know, Sam and Rick still on the team. They're very active on the day to day. You know, certainly Sam, Sam's got his, his finger on the pulse of, of just about everything here. It's his passion. It's his, it's his life. It's something he's poured 25 years of, of his time into and, and getting us to this point. You know, it was a huge opportunity for us to partner with McLaren. Um, they've got just absolute um, unrivaled, uh, you know, technical knowledge. Um, their resources is out of this world, their facilities, their people, their, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. So for us, you know, again, uh, back to the, back to the previous answer to the previous question, you know, this is, this is about, doing what it takes to bridge the gap, doing what it takes to race at the front every weekend, you know, and, and when we were presented with this opportunity, when, when, uh, you know, the conversation started with, with Sam and Rick and, and, and Zach about, you know, what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. This, this is, this was an easy decision for us to make, you know, let's, let's work together. Let's, let's partner technically, let's partner on our commercial side. Um, let's 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 go across the business and identify how how we can help you you know so it's it's been you know i use this word a lot additive it's been very additive to our program we've been able to tap into them on any number of things technically um you know likewise um you know learning from them on the on the marketing and pr side and learning from them um you know operationally and just and just utilizing that resource to make our team better um you know, with with that, we've we've established a, a very tight knit working group. Um, we're, we're working on any number of things technically um, to improve our, our general performance and, and, and speed. Um, you know, the things that we normally do, except our toolbox just went from a, you know, a little tackle box to a, a full on snap on roll cab. You know, that's that's the way I look at it. We've got we've got damn near unlimited resource at this point. Right. So it's, it's very exciting. Um, it's, it's something that we felt like we needed to do, you know, to close the gap to teams like, uh, Roger and chips that, that have been doing this for two, three, four, five decades, you know, um, that's just the nature of the business. We, we had to figure out a way, um, to position ourselves, um, you know, to compete. And this is, this was an opportunity we couldn't pass up. Um, and, th- and that's really what it boils down to. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's a few misconceptions, but at the end of the day, Sam and Rick are still very involved. They are still the owners of the race team. Um, you know, I'm, I'm confident that Zach would echo the same message because that's, that's the truth of the matter, you know, and, um, these guys have been nothing but, uh, nothing but rock stars and, 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 and helping us out and, and, us likewise helping them out, getting them up to speed on, on what it takes to go IndyCar racing. Um, and, and the relationship to this point has been absolutely excellent, you know, and I continue, 
or I, I, I see it continuing uh, down that path. It's, it's just a lot of really good people working towards the same goal. Um, and I couldn't be more excited about our future. So to come back to this, Jack, Rick and Sam own 100% of the team. This is a partnership without an ownership stake involving McLaren. We have Jill DeFerrin, sporting director on the McLaren side, who is uh, I safe to say, um, Taylor, that the two of you, you know, work pretty closely in trying to align ideas, visions, directions, and whatnot. Maybe you could add to how that's going, since, uh, again, I assume Gilles is maybe more of the, the, the point person, uh, at least at this stage. Yeah, so that that's – Jill and I certainly do work together. Um, you know, his his role is to oversee McLaren's involvement in the Indy program, right? Like I, like I said previously, we're, we're establishing some working groups both in – you know, here on here stateside and, and over in Woking, um, you know, putting together people who eat, sleep, breathe, live IndyCar racing. Um, and, and he's looking after that, you know, his, his role as we're walking through this kind of journey together is, is defining itself day by day. Um, but I think that, that first and foremost, he's, he's that point guy, um, on the McLaren side that, that helps, helps me, and uh, and likewise, I, I help him as much as I can in terms of, of what it's going to take for this partnership to be the best that it can be. Um, so he's he's uh, him and I talk almost every day. You know, we we do. We talk the philosophical. We talk the technical. We talk the operations, the business, those types of things. Um, I'm, I'm managing the day, the day to day business of the race team and look after our race team. Um, and, and he supports me in any way that I can. So that's been absolutely great. Uh, him and I have a, have a good relationship together. Um, we're very open and honest with each other, uh, which is, which is helpful in a situation like this, certainly. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. You know, we're all here to do the same thing, which is great. This might be my favorite question of the episode comes in from William Matson, who says, hi, Taylor, what's your favorite ham like canned meat product? Wow. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I've ever had that before. Right? Really? Or, yeah. Well, I think I need to, uh, to ask my listeners to bombard, uh, Aaron McLaren SP with the <laughs> holiday deliveries of spam. So we can, oh. uh, we can, we can solve that problem. Uh, let's go to Jeremiah Morell who asks, can you explain how the organizational structure will work for 2020? Is the team based in Indianapolis and who is on site in Indiana versus Europe? He also asks who will serve as strategy, race strategists uh, on race day. So maybe again, using your favorite word additive to the, yep. uh, the last topic. Yeah. So organizational structure, um, we've made a few small tweaks, um, to what, to what we've been doing currently. Um, you know, I think a big goal for us, since since a lot of the things that that the McLaren folks and us are working towards is is centered around the the technical advancements of of our of our operations. Um, you know, we've made a a few changes internally to the way our engineering group is structured. You know, nothing earth shattering, but but just trying to align um, ways of working with with the folks in Woking. So. Um, aside from that, one thing that I've been very keen to do. Um, certainly last year and into this year is maintain um, as much continuity as possible. You know, we've, we've undergone a tremendous amount of change over the last 
four or five years. So for me, anything that we can do to, to stabilize any area possible is, is a huge priority for me. So in terms of ways of working here in Indianapolis, things are relatively unchanged. Um, we've got an excellent group of mechanics led by uh, Billy Vincent as our competition director. You know, his, his day-to-day oversight of the, the car builds and, and working with engineering um, has proven to be a huge addition to us, uh, one which we made a couple of years ago. Um, and then the engineering group, you know, currently um, led in a very collaborative fashion. Um, but but the, our core group of guys, you know, Nick Snyder, Robert Gouet, our race engineers, um, just have, have proven to be, you know, in tireless pursuit of, of getting better every single day. And they prove that to me every single day. Those guys are, are absolute rock stars. So I, I never felt a need to change too much there. Um, you know, bringing in Craig is going to be an addition for us. I think it's going to be a great, he's going to fit in really well. So I see that department just, you know, on the verge of exploding into something great. Um, the other side of the pond, you know, we're, Jill and his team are working really hard to put together um, a working group solely focused on IndyCar racing um, to be, um, you know, additive to everything that our guys here in the United States do. You know, it's it's kind of just that, that constant development loop, you know, of we go testing, here's what we think we need, let's all go through it, let's analyze it, let's run through it, um, and they provide that extra horsepower on the backside to to do what we physically just can't, whether it's uh, limitations and in, in hours in the day or, or manpower or, you know, resource stateside, um, they got us, they got our backs effectively, you know, they're, they're the cavalry. So when we're up against it, they, they're working constantly on our behalf. So that's, uh, that's heavy on Jill's plate right now. That's something that he's, he's, he's working to working to tie up and, and we'll hit the ground running, you know, um, and, and very soon. So that's all very exciting. Um, I hope I answered the question. Uh, race um, strategist. Have you decided? Race uh, strategist. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so have you, uh, fi- my, are you thinking of firing the guy on the, on the five car? Uh, way? You know, he, yeah, he kind of, that guy's tough, but I think we're going to give him one more year, you know, <laughs> see how he shakes out, you know? So that's, that's me. Um, that's, that's me on the five car. Um, Billy Vincent will call the races on the, on the seven as well. Um, and that that's what we've got so far so again just just trying to maintain some continuity there um you know i think we're both round rounding into those roles pretty well last year was was uh was billy's first year doing that um and i thought he did a great job um yeah so that's that's kind of that's kind of our plan you know and and, uh i think we'll be in good shape this next one might be a little bit hard to answer because you and I probably know that there's some other things that could develop, but uh, we'll see what we can get. Steve Garbasiak asks, what role, if any, do you think Hinch might play in helping the team next season? Yeah, I, you know, um, we, we talk about this quite a bit. Um, we, love, we love having Hinch around. He, he certainly served our team uh, very well. Um, you know, we, we have conversations every day as to, as to how we can how we can, you know, best, best come up with, uh, with a solution for James. And, you know, I, it's, it's, it is a very difficult question to answer, you know? Um, but, but the bottom line is we, we certainly wish James the best and, 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 and anything that he's doing. Um, 
but for us, you know, our focus right now is making sure that our our five and seven car with with Pato and Oliver are humming along, and, and that we we put ourselves <clears throat> we put ourselves and our team in the best position uh, to win. So, um, should there be an opportunity for James, like we'd certainly consider it. Let's go to Justin J underscore Truck underscore seventy one, who poses a rhetorical question. Maybe I don't know what this is, but he says, "Has anyone ever told?" Taylor, that you look like Kevin Magnuson. <laughs> no, I don't think so, honestly. But uh, I think that's uh, is that is that a compliment? I think it's a compliment. I don't know, but I like it. I'll take it. I think you um, show and, up at Coda for the F one race. Uh, we get and just see if I can get some seat time. Oh, totally. I, I think we know people that can get a uh, get a suit made for. I mean, look, we can get you just fully dressed up as a. Uh, as Kev, just see if you can strap right in to his uh, his good old Haas mobile. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure I'll fit right in that seat, Marshall. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yep. Well, everyone says you're you're dainty and Danish. So how could that not work to you? I think uh, I am the absolute opposite of dainty and Danish. Well, so I'm not sure if that's going to work. Fair enough. Let's go to. Uh, <laughs> hey, look! I told you, man. These questions are, are they're like my brain, all over the place and nonlinear. Um, I love it. Daniel Davidson says, Taylor, what goes into preparing your cars to house Chevy motors now instead of the Hondas? Maybe that might be something you could explain to folks that it is not truly just a uh, bolt-out, bolt-in scenario. It's actually a fairly complicated and bespoke uh, project. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is. you know, on the surface, it does seem fairly straightforward, right? Take an engine out, put an engine in, call it a day. But, you know, with these Indy cars being the way that they are, they're very advanced in just about every aspect. Um I think the only thing that's transferable is the, is the stud pattern. So that's about it. You know, electronics, um, support software, ways of working. You know, the, you can you can go into so much detail as to what this has meant to us. Um, but it's you know one of the one of the great things that we were able to do. Chevy Chevy gave us a mock-up engine and just said, "Here, just play with it. Right, let your boys." put it in, take it out, put it in, uh, work, you know, work on routing and, and plumbing and those types of things. We spent, you know, almost two weeks just refining the installation of the engine. You know, you, we look back at a situation last year in Indianapolis where we hit the wall and we were back out in the qualifying line in just over an hour, you know, that, that is, that's something that's almost unheard of, you know, especially now in this era of not being able to have your backup car with an installed engine. So for us, it's important not only to get the installation right, but to refine it in a way that we could change an engine in an hour, you know, or, or less, you know, so we're constantly working on that. That's, that's been a huge adjustment, but, but we're there. We're happy with our product. Um, our guys are now comfortable with it. Um, we feel like we could, we could address any issue that we may have, um, from here on out, you know, then you look at the electronic side of things, um, the inlet ducts, all all of these, the the open areas that IndyCar had defined in the early stages of this engine um, homologation, all of those are different, you know. So Honda went one development path, and Chevy went another, and and it's 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 required different parts and pieces. So we're we're familiarizing ourselves with all of those things, um, and that's just the car side, you know. Um, both the engine manufacturers have two different ways of, of going about uh, 
you know, how they, how they solve problems and how they work and the people and the processes and, and all of those, you know, those I would argue are, are the, uh, the more difficult pieces to understand and to, to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, bring into our, our ways of working and our processes. So, so trying to blend all that together has been, has been a challenge, but it's, it's a challenge that we, uh, that we saw coming and, and it comes with any, any, any time you make a manufacturer change or um, anything like that. So it's, it's something we were prepared for and, and we've, we've onboarded pretty well. I think we're in a way that um, if we had to race next weekend, you know, you'd, you'd probably knock on wood and a couple things, but, but we'd be ready to go. So luckily we still have a bit of time. Um, we're still familiarizing ourselves with a few things, but otherwise it, it's been, it's been seamless. And the, and the folks that, uh, at, at GM, Chevy, Pratt & Miller, they've been an absolute um, joy to work with. Those guys are those guys are pros. They've gone above and beyond to to onboard us and make sure that we're comfortable. So um, I couldn't speak any more highly about uh, about what they've meant to our program so far. So um, it's it's all been really good. But it is it is way more than just um, unbolting one engine and, and bolting a new one in. Some mighty fine people at the uh, respective companies you just mentioned. You've got two items here from folks that can follow up a, a topic we've gotten into. Tim Falkowitz asks, are there any aspects, processes, or technologies from the McLaren Formula One program you plan to try and bring over to IndyCar? Uh, he says maybe adapting or replicating the F1 driver in the loop simulator. Uh, and Matthew Lee is curious if the McLaren slash F1 dampers uh, might be something that could be incorporated into IndyCar to offer an advantage this year, and rather than explain that there are some pretty significant differences there, I'll let you uh, delve into both. Well, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Oh! But... That's a way of saying no. yes. <laughs> no, that's a, you know, it's... It's, it's part of the process is identifying all of those things. You know, there's, there's any number of, of, of things that they use on the Formula One side that, you know, why you would look at and go, man, that's amazing. And it looks cool and it's mighty impressive and, and what it does. They don't always translate to the IndyCar world. Um, so it's, we're, we're in that process now of identifying those types of things and, and really how, how we can affect each other, you know, and, and what technology they can bring um, to IndyCar. We are restricted in, in any number of ways. So making sure that, that we're, we're still focused on, on what we do well, um, but also identifying those areas of development where we can collaborate together toward, towards a, uh, an advantageous solution. You know, that's, that's the goal here. It's not about looking at their Formula One car and going, okay, give me your dampers, your, your roll bars and your tire models. You know, those, those things don't, don't effectively translate to what we're doing. Right. So it's, it's about identifying where we're at today um, and, and coming up with solutions that are, that are long-term, you know, this isn't going to happen overnight. It's, it's not, we're not closing a, a development loop that takes, you know, years. Um, we're not going to close that in, in a day or a week. This is a long-term project. So, um, we've, we've taken that mindset and, and we're, we're walking through this together. We're not, we're not sprinting a hundred meter dash. So, um, it, it's been eye opening, um, certainly to see what resource they have available and what technology they employ in their F1 program. Um, it's, it's, it excites the hell out of me because it shows you what the potential can be of this partnership. Um, 
but in you know the the details of that i'll keep confidential for now but we are working very hard to make sure that we leverage as much of that as possible um yeah drink bottle technology that's the secret i know that uh, you're trying to keep that one under lock and key but uh, <laughs> we're gonna break that news right here let's go to uh, thomas Ayrton who says straight up for taylor what are the expectations for the team next year polls wins top fives and points what do you guys <laughs> think you can get yeah so this one you know this this is a question we get all the time right and even people within our our own building it's our goals are not you know they're not as straight look we're racers right if if i said if somebody walks up to me and says what are your goals i'm going i want to win everything period I want to be on the pole every time we qualify. I want to win every race. I want to win the championship. I certainly want to win the Indy 500. You know, that's that's every racer's goal. But but the more the the reality of the situation is is you know the way the way that we operate and the way we break ourselves down is that it's it's very much you know it's football cliches and then those types of things that they kind of live here as well. You know, we're we're trying to improve our product day by day, and we've we've got some some things that we look at um, both internally and, and both at our competitors to see, you know, where we feel we stack up and, and our goals are to close those gaps. You know, I spoke earlier, I want to race with, uh, with Penske every weekend and race with Ganassi and Andretti every weekend for race victories. I don't, I don't want, I don't want the championship next year to be, you know, Newgarden, Pagano, Rossi and Dixon. You know, uh, that's it. I want to be in that story. And so does everybody in this building. So, you know, yes, winning every single race gets you there, obviously. But but more importantly, it's it's that day by day process. So it's it's defining goals like, you know, have we maximized today? You know, what what were our goals for the week? Did we meet those or are, are we ahead of timeline? Are we on timeline or are we behind in, in any number of projects that our engineering groups got going on? It's 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 broken down by day. So. Um, you know, our season ending goal, we want to do as best that we can at Indy, right? That's, it's a double points race. It's the most prestigious event on our calendar. It, it means more to our owners than anything. Indianapolis is our number one goal. You know, uh, certainly we've got a rookie in the car. We want to win rookie of the year, period. That's the goal. Um, and then, you know, the rest, it, it takes care of itself. If we're doing everything that we need to do, uh, day by day, our people are on board. Everybody's rowing in the same direction. We're going to be just fine, and we're going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I, I, I'm not huge on on setting these these uh, you know romanticized expectations. When at the end of the day, if you just do your job, you're going to be fine, and you'll be battling for a championship at the end of the day. So that's 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 how we approach things, um, and it and it provides us an environment where it is it's okay to fail. You know, sometimes when you're pushing the limits and and when you're you know, just digging at a hundred percent all year long. Um, there's going to be failure occasionally, but it's, it's those opportunities where I found that, you know, it gives us a chance to reflect. Um, it gives us a chance to analyze and become better. So, um, we've certainly got that. We're, we're open and receptive to that idea. You know, it's okay to push. I want everybody to push hundred percent. That's a goal. Right. I want everybody to give 100 percent every day. That's a goal. And it's also OK to fail. But when we do, we learn from it. and We move on. So our, our goals are a bit different. You know, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else and how they do things. But for us, that's 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 how we tackle. Um, that's how we tackle performance. 
Let me share a little story from my IndyCar career that maybe shed some additional light on this. We're not trying to be silly and say these specific things must happen. Um, I was 2000, I believe. I was working for one of the worst Indy Racing League teams ever. Team Extreme. <laughs> the the oh, yeah. name of the team tells you everything that it isn't. Anyways, um, I was there as an assistant engineer, and our team manager at the time, a guy by the name of John Lopes, who would go on to do bigger things with Andretti Autosport years later, uh, Andretti yep. Green Racing and whatnot. Lopes was our team manager. He was newish to that position, and he had a military background. He was an Air Force helicopter pilot. He was a lawyer, a sports lawyer before. He did Jason Kidd's NBA contract. These are just some of the random things that stick with me. John loved the guy. Uh, John grabbed me, I think, the first morning of the big preseason test at Walt Disney World and said, hey, could you... Could you get your computer? Uh, I need you to type something for me. Like, okay, hey, I didn't know that you know transcriptionist and whatnot was in my my CV, but sure. Uh, he says, all right, I want to type out you know kind of the the mantra and rallying cry and expectations for our team, and I want you to print that and put that up uh, right next to the the exit door entry. But when your people leave the transporter, I want them to see this and read it. And I'm thinking. Oh, this should, this should be good. And honestly, I don't remember all that it said, but it was, we're going to be this and we're going to be that. And we're going to do this and we're these kinds of people and we're going to achieve these things and we're going to A, B, and C and get those. And this is who we are. All caps, giant font. And I'm sitting there <laughs> typing this thing out going, man, oh I've, I've, I've worked for a lot of teams before. This is the first one of these I've ever come across. So anyways, <laughs> I finish it up, type it up. Uh, put and now granted it wasn't grammar wasn't really part of the the mission here taylor i mean he truly just wanted me to to type as he spoke and that was going to be it that was the big rallying the troops kind of thing and it not word good talk read well but regardless printed that put it up and i didn't i'm a smart ass by nature so i had to i struggled to keep from laughing did as instructed put it up and then just from the little engineering office at the front of the transporter watched as, you know, this mechanic, that mechanic, a variety of people uh, came into the trailer, grabbed what they needed and went to walk out and saw this kind of in your face thing that they'd never seen before and read it and just kind of either look up at me with a raised eyebrow, like what the F is this? Or just Mm -hmm. busted out laughing. And I mentioned this because this was a one page document that was meant to inform and instruct the team in lieu of actually getting everyone together right? <laughs> and actually assembling the people and speaking to them and saying, guys, this right. is what I'm really hoping for this year. These are whether it's the on track goals, the interpersonal goals, the, this, the, that it was a single piece of eight and a half by 11 paper that replaced actual communication with human beings. So when I go back to the very beginning, when I said one of the worst Indy Racing League teams ever, (laughs) it's little pieces like this where you go, oh, 
So you're going to tell us who we are and how we're going to be and what we're going to achieve in a single piece of paper, but actually never convey that with words to the people who are supposed to do that. Eh, It's going to work out well. Eh, It's going to work out super well. So uh, I appreciate, well, granted, if you want to have some fun, maybe you should put up something really crazy like that just to see who's paying attention. Yeah, that, you know, that would go over um, like a you-know-what in a punch bowl with our group, right? <laughs> we, we, do, we, do, we do everything that we can to have that interpersonal communication. You know, we're, we're a small enough team still that there's no excuse for that, you know, and I, I believe that I owe it to, to our group of people to, to just level with everybody and, and be honest and, and communicate uh, verbally um, and, and likewise open the floor to any comments, questions, criticisms, excitements, whatever. We, we try to stay, um, you know, as open as we can be. I, I feel the communication process is what builds uh, trust and community um, and, and ultimately a, a really tight knit bunch you know, that's that's a personal goal for mine as we're talking about goals is, is to make sure that, you know, all of our people have absolute trust in the guy standing next to him. And that starts with me making sure that everybody's armed with the information that they need um, and the tools that they need. Um, and, and we try to do that every day. So that's that's an important part of it. And I could I could see, you know, you're typing something like that up, just thinking to yourself, man, this is not going to go well. And, and that's that's uh, it's obvious, you know. That what would have been really awesome is if none of us actually spoke to one another. We just did it by printing out stuff and placing it on the wall. Hey, Fred, no. go F yourself or whatever. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, all right. A, cur- a, a courier on staff. See, exactly. We've got, yep. uh, we've got five questions to go. I'm going to start off with Eric Franklin, who says, Taylor, how has the team dealt with a backlash from fans over your driver changes? And he also asks, is that something you guys actually hear or block out? It's a good one, right? I mean, there's always the question of if you go on the good old interwebs, the good old tweeters and the book faces and the whatever else is, yep. there's a lot of things being said. How much do you try and tune in or tune that out? Do you have a message for your troops saying, guys, you're probably going to hear a lot of crap, get asked a lot of stuff. Well, let's focus on ourselves or engage and have fun. Well, here's here's the deal, and it goes back to what I just said, you know, I am honest with all of our people here, every, every teammate in this building. Um, anytime I'm able to share information, I do it. And in an honest fashion, right? So when something like this happens, you simply address the team and you say, Hey, here's what's happened. And here's the deal. And you'd expect that given the, the, the relationship that we all have, that it's taken at face value and people understand, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell these guys, Hey, you know, you're going to see X, Y, and Z on the internet. Don't believe it because the internet, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's, here's what I have to say. Here's what's actually happening. And, and, and my hope is that everybody trusts that. Um, you know, I, everybody's going to see it. This racing community is very small. Everybody's going to see it. They're going to hear it. Um, but it goes back to, uh, you know, building that trust factor between not only, myself in a management role, but also the, the guys, the guys working next to you, you know, the people that you're shoulder to shoulder with every day. Um, you know, we've got a, we've got a culture of, of, of honesty here, um, and, and transparency. And, and that's what, that's what gets us through times like this, uh, certainly in a big way. Um, it's, it's funny you say that I just read a quote, 
um, the other day from from Bill Belichick, and and there was a somebody had asked him about Facebook, almost the exact same question. I think he said something along the lines of, you know, I I, I don't give a damn what Facebook says. I don't care about the opinions of anybody on the internet. What matters is the opinions of the 53 guys in the locker room, right? And I feel exactly the same way about our race team is that, you know, there's going to be stories or narratives or any number of things that people will see and feel and hear um, externally. But, but really what matters is the guy standing next to you. And that's, that's what we're doing it for. Um, and that's, that's, that's what our deal is all about. So, it really does help us get through times like this. Um, certainly we've navigated a couple of rough patches this year. There's no doubt about it um, in terms of, of fan engagement or otherwise, but, but we've been, you know, tight enough and resilient enough as a group to, to get through those. And it's, it's been impressive to watch. I've been super proud of the way that we've handled it um, internally. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's just what it is. You know, that's, that's why we, that's why we operate the way that we do so that should things like this happen, we're, we're able to rally together as a team and, and get stronger because of it. Well, listen to that. I love it. Let's go to Ryan Ward. He says in previous years, Sam Schmidt has discussed a desire to become a three car full-time program. If the sponsorship dollars were there to support it, he says now that Errol McLaren SP has two title sponsors and are arguably the most money in the paddock is the plan uh, to still move to a three-car effort at some point in the future, or is that fallen out of favor uh, in reference to the team's new overall leadership and management structure? Well, you know, I think that it, it's certainly a discussion point. You know, I, I think that that we're an ambitious group. Certainly, um, you know, myself, Sam, Rick, um, I know the folks at McLaren are as well. Um, and so are the folks at Arrow. We're, we're all together, um, about growing and, and advancing. Um, if that means a third car in the future, then, you know, we'll have the discussion. And, and if the stars align, I'm sure that we, we wouldn't, we certainly wouldn't be scared of it, you know, to put it in simple terms. Um, is that in our cards right now? No, we're focused totally on the two guys that we have. We know we've got, uh, we've got, um, a mountain to climb in front of us, um, both with our own uh, personal expectations and, and with, um, you know, Oliver as a out and out rookie in the IndyCar series and, and likewise with, with Pato um, having limited experience. So we know that we need to focus on, on making sure that they've got the tools and the resources needed to compete. Um, and, and likewise with our team, um, you know, we, we demand a lot, we expect a lot, um, and it takes a lot of time and a lot of focus and energy. So um, that's, that's really what we're laser focused in on right now is just making the most of the opportunity that we have today. Um, should, should, you know, things play out in a way that um, we stumble across another, you know, full-time partner or somebody that's willing to, to come into the IndyCar series and compete. We'd like to have a conversation with them, you know, but uh Right now, as we sit today, our, our focus is 100% um, uh, focus on, on our two guys right now. Oh, well, they need concentration. They're young. Uh, let's All right, let's go to, uh, hey, you know, these questions, I love them, man. Uh, let's go to Ryan Terpstra. He says, trying to come up with a good question that I'm certain Taylor can give a non-corporate answer to. He says, I've got nothing, so I'll go with Taylor. Can you share about... The ESPN Hinch, the body photo shoot, how that went down, uh, and why it blew up so big. That's a fun one. 
Yeah, well, I, I will give you a very corporate answer on that and that I have no comment. Ah, there we go. <laughs> but you, you could have at least said at the end of the day, it is what it is. No comment. We could get some really good non-answer, you know, <laughs> you know, come on, so, some worn yeah. out tropes here. That All was right. a good try, though. I, I appreciate that. Look, again, <laughs> these are my listeners, man. You got to love them. No, I know that. I love it. Uh, well, now, granted. If there was an offer for, say, Sports Illustrated, the soul issue, that could be up, you know, slightly different than the body, different magazine. I don't know. There are options. We'll see who gets pitched. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Jeremy Lorton, the penultimate question for Ooh. this, which my, I don't know. Well, actually, no, I'm going to do uh going to have New Gar- Newgarden on for next week. But it, this is probably the last full hearty episode of the year. So, Jeremy, thanks. He says, Taylor, what will be the biggest challenge going into this 2020 campaign? Is it the switch to Chevy? Is it grooming young drivers? And also wonders, could it just be integrating the whatever contingent of folks coming in from McLaren? Yeah, I think that that certainly um, this year is going to be full of challenges. And and I I don't want to narrow it down to one because they're they're all, you know, they, they kind of pile on each other. Right. So, yes, there is there's no doubt about it that uh, changing an engine manufacturer creates um, you know, it could create any number of issues, but as I said earlier, um, the, the integration with the folks at Chevy has just been second to none. So for me, that, that is, is not something that's even on my radar at this point. I think that we're well down the road, um, and, and onboarding those guys and then likewise with us and, and we're in a really good place, um, to address the drivers. You know, it's, it is an uphill battle anytime that you bring in, uh, young rookie, um, drivers, you know, their, their energy level is, is second to none. You know, we find ourselves, um, you know, making sure they're where they need to be when they're supposed to be there, those types of things. It's, uh, no Red Bulls for breakfast, no Red no Bull Red after Bull. 7 no. PM, young man, no Red Bull exactly. in your cereal, <laughs> but it, but it's, uh, uh, you know, I don't see that as an issue. That's, that's been, a uh, just, their energy level and their enthusiasm about being here has, has been reinvigorating. You know, our, our team has totally rallied around it. Um, you know, Pato just brings a level of enthusiasm that is just unmatched in my world. Like the guy is a, a total firecracker. He's, he's, he's going to match the gas. He's going to give you a hundred percent all the time, you know, and that's all you can ask from, from somebody in his position. Um, likewise with Oliver, I don't know anybody that works harder than he does. And he asks, you know, uh, every day he's asking questions. He's, he's texting me, he's calling me, he's texting his engineers. He's, he's inquisitive. He, he wants, he wants homework. He, he wants to do the work. He wants to put in the time and the effort. Um, oh, and oh, by the way, he's very talented behind the wheel of a race car. So when you match, when you match raw talent with work ethic, man, sky's the limit. Um, so, so I'm super excited about both of those guys. Um, is it going to be a challenge? You know, maybe at times, but guess what? That's part of it. That's part of the gross process. It's a, <laughs> gross it's a process. Good challenge to have. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I mean, they're they're. We asked ourselves internally. You know, what else do they have to prove to show that they belong in the IndyCar series? And I, I couldn't come up with anything. You know, Oliver's won in every single series he's competed in. Pato's proven in an IndyCar that that he's he's quick and he's he's ready to win. So we're we're going to give those guys the opportunity to do that. Um, and, and then the McLaren piece is anytime you partner with anybody, and especially on the scale and the ambition 
that that we're looking for there's going to be speed bumps and there's going to be hurdles and and integrating people and processes and uh you know technology whatever i mean that 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 poses a challenge if you're not ready for it you know and and if you're not prepared and if you're not willing to compromise and if if any a number of things right but we we've we've certainly um you know been aligned both both us here stateside and and in the uk as to how we're going to approach this and it's it's a long-term process it's a long-term commitment we've made to each other um and and we've decided that you know we're we're not going to go out and we're not going to tell everybody that we're going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread because that's just not reality you know this is this is us walking and then jogging and then running we're not we're not setting off on a on the olympic sprint so it's it's you know you take your time you build it right and you and you see the results over time um you know i think oftentimes you see things like this happen and and you try to drink from the fire hose and it all crumbles around you and before you know it you haven't really achieved anything you know so for us this is a very pragmatic realistic and and very thoughtful approach so you know the same challenges or the you know the challenges that we will face as a team this year are the same challenges that we face every year. And it's just, it's trying to beat the guy next to us in the, in the paddock. You know, it's, it's trying to go out and be better than Penske, be better than Ganassi, be better than uh, Andretti, be better than Floyd, Coyne, Ray Hall, everybody. It's, that's, that's, that's what we're here to do. So that's the ultimate challenge. You know, it's managing things in house so that we're not beating ourselves. You know, that's, that's, we face that every year. It's not unique to this one. You know it goes good with sliced bread, a certain ham-like canned meat product. Um, ham. Yeah. Yes. Let me let me expand on this penultimate question. Pen, penultimate. I'm not sure from Jeremy uh, on the topic of the switch to Chevy. Having been part of the Honda family for a long time, one thing we've seen in recent years is there's really been one leading representative in terms of getting to victory lane. On the Chevy side, we know that Team Penske has, you know, been they've been delivering Indy 500 wins and championships, but they've been really the the not just the tip of the spear, maybe the entire spear for Chevy, just strictly on the topic of winning. What are your thoughts about joining the Chevy camp, knowing that they certainly could use a quality team, a team on the rise, to give them more opportunities to get to victory lane? Where do you feel you guys might stand in that? I know it, it's separate from team goals, but there is a really strong potential here for your program to do just this, to really uh, be additive with Chevy's desire to win more races and have a bigger force in the overall championship makeup. Well, it's good because, uh, you know, our goals are aligned. We want to win more races and be part of the championship conversation, right? So uh, Chevy's certainly going to give us that opportunity, as Honda did in the past, you know, Um my expectations to to take a piece of that spear are are none you know all that we can do every day is prove to to chevy that we're we're a top flight partner you know just as uh you know penske has in the past and and penske's proven their metal a uh, week in and week out and they deserve to be where they're at they're a first class organization through and through at every level um so you know it's not surprising to me <laughs> that they win a lot um whether it's with with chevy or you know, anybody that they've been partnered with in the past. Um, 
you know, what, what our job is now at this point is to take the opportunity that we've been given um, from Chevy and, and capitalize on it and show those guys that, hey, you know, we're, we're a first-class organization as well, um, and we're going to prove it to you. And that's what we intend to do. Um, you know, and then likewise with, with all the other, you know, the other Chevy teams, um, you know, working with all of them to, to try to better our product for the foreseeable future, you know, as, as a, as a Chevy family, you know, that's, that's on our radar as well. We don't want to sit in the corner and, and, and it'd be a one way, one way Avenue. We want to be a, a, a first-class partner in every respect, you know, commercially, uh, from the competition side, all of that. Right. So, it's not just limited to, to at track, but certainly, you know, our, our goal is to, you know, to do our fair share and, and to prove to, to our new partners in Chevy that, that we're here for the long haul and that, and that we're going to provide uh, contrast success for those guys. All right. We are, we've reached our final question, saved it for last. Need to give a, another shout out to our listener, Jim Johnstone, who coined an acronym that was sitting out there uh, just hanging over home plate didn't actually require McLaren coming in. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Graf says, Taylor, do you guys use spam within the team or is that strictly forbidden? Well, I would say at this point, it's, it's just entered the uh, strictly forbidden category. I would say, you know, damn it, Tyler, as, uh, see what you did. As, you you as, broke uh, it. You know, Will Will Farrell used to say on Saturday Night Live, "Spam has now just entered the axis of evil." Okay, so, uh, there we sorry, go. Sorry, Spam. Well, uh, <laughs> our strategy didn't work out, Tyler. We were hoping uh, hoping to get this uh, officially coined, but no, nope. uh, you're going to have to try a lot harder than that. And, failed, know, the, failed. The to commercial close. folks, the commercial folks are really proud of the the name, the logo. All of that. So, you know, to, to, to try the spam thing is going to take a lot more than that. You know, and maybe I should actually close on something a little more serious and helpful. So coming into the 2019 season with Arrow becoming a, a name uh, partner of the team, the team being rechristened Arrow Schmidt Peterson Motorsports, the contraction to that, the, some, the thing that your uh, PR folks asked was, on the second reference, instead of just using an acronym, could you use Aero uh, SPM? Are you guys, do you have something similar here? Because uh, AMSP uh, AMPS uh, or ANSP, whatever it is, I guess when we go hybrid, yeah. it'll be a very good name. But uh, <laughs> do you, what do you have here? Do you have anything on that front as well? No. You know, I think that uh, the if you put it into acronym form to me, it just, it doesn't flow and it, and it doesn't give respect to our partners. You know, I, anytime I reference the team, it's Aero McLaren SP, you know, I try to give everybody, um, their due specifically Aero and McLaren and certainly, you know, Aero is a longstanding partner with us. They've, they've been incredible. They've been incredible partners. They've grown not only our team, but the sport, um, they are so, um, aggressive about building, our team and our brand and, and pushing us and pushing IndyCar racing out to, uh, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people every day, um, specifically in the, the tech space and the, in the engineering space and, and, uh, just, just trying to give as much exposure as they can. So, you know, as a partner, they've, they've been absolutely critical in our growth. Um, and certainly, um, have been a huge part of our lives, not only, 
um, our lives on the race team, but, but personally, you know, they've meant a lot to us in, in any number of ways. So, um, I'll always say their name and certainly with respect to McLaren and, and what they brought to the table, um, and what they're, they've meant for our team to this point, what they will continue to mean for our team. I'll always say McLaren. So, you know, if you ever hear anything from me, it's always going to be Aero McLaren SP. It's like a destiny's child close to the show. Say my name, say my name. I love it. <laughs> Taylor yeah. Kyle, thanks for taking thanks for taking some time, brother. Uh, appreciate you and what you do, and also subjecting yourself to an hour of silliness. But hey, it's what we do, right? We're we're not we're not curing you know world hunger uh, or anything here. We're just trying to connect with IndyCar fans and hopefully give them a couple things to think about, a couple laughs, and then go about our day. Well, that's absolutely correct, man. And and it's just you know we're 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 so fortunate to be able to do what we do. Um, and you know, there's, there's times in this sport, like in life where, where you can, you can really stress yourself out and you can really, uh, beat yourself down. Um, certainly when, you know, good times are good in racing and the bad times are really, really bad in racing. So, um, any opportunity we can to, to kind of take a deep breath and loosen the tie a bit, um, is, is, uh, an opportunity I will jump all over. So I appreciate you having me on. Um, I appreciate the fans for their questions. Um, sorry about the spam thing. Not going to happen. But, uh, <laughs> Damn it. But, but, uh, what if I ask for it for no, Christmas? Will that change uh, things? Nah, you know what? It's, it, it, the, the Christmas shopping is done, man. Whatever. It's, uh, Whatever. Yeah, not happening. All right. Well, but now many thanks, Marshall. I, I really appreciate you, what you do for the sport, and, and certainly the, the fans. They're, they're, they mean more to us than anything. That's, that's the truth. <laughs>